1: We are live, and it is here. It is the UFC 296 Fight IQ Preview Show. This is the show where we take you to the best DFS plays for mainly DraftKings, but sometimes it's sprinkling some Mm. other ones. Also, betting plays, parlays, things like that to that end. uh, Here's my man Sun Tzu in here. And with us as new, but also the um, first time, the first show... Like, usually when I put in the name, I have to say friend of the show, Drake Burden. This time it was member of the cast, Drake Burden. He joins us as well, and we are here to break down UFC 296. And, uh, fellas, how we feeling about uh, the card here?
2: Well, before before we talk about that, Chris, I have to ask Drake something. Sure. Um, Drake, you're familiar with that iconic Seinfeld episode about the Drake? Yes. <laughs> Got to love the Drake. Love the Drake. Hate the Drake. Like. Have you ever thought of like getting a shirt made? Like I am the Drake, like something like that. I mean, that'd
3: be pretty good.
2: I think that's like I just was thinking about that. Like that's an iconic Seinfeld episode. For we might, spirit. you know what? That might we 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 uh, we're getting the customer doing t-shirt bets. So that might have to be a t-shirt bet. Um, I love it. I am the Drake. Yeah. Um, and, the Drake. and as for the card, look, I I really like this card. I mean, we we lost a couple of fights, which are unfortunate. Does any of you like? I've been working all day. Does anybody know what happened to the, uh, you know, the quote-unquote Luke a, um, you know, Kevin Holland fight? Did, why did that never come to fruition? Does anybody know? I just
1: think there was probably not enough time for it. You know? No, there was I, time. I think it was just
3: something that Dana White didn't want to do. Maybe, Maybe not, Because,
2: yeah. I mean, they were willing to do it at, like, 180, and it just kind And also, you know, why not match up Luke a against uh, Salikov? I mean, that, that could have been a decent fight. Like – like, why lose a fight? It doesn't make any sense. We lost few fights, two compelling fights. And, you know, I hate starting on a down note, but, like, that's what happened. You know, now we're down to, what, 12 fights, right? Oh,
1: yeah. I, I will say, uh, to Robert's point here, if we were going to lose a couple fights, those were kind of the fights to lose. Like, it's okay. I, I mean, I, I can lose those and uh, and not have too, too much say about it, but... I will get to my uh, thoughts in a minute. Drake, what do you feel about this card to close out the year?
3: Um, well, it, I actually think it was better with the Luke Cage fight on there because I was all over him. I wanted him to <laughs> smash Gary up, but we don't get to see that now. Um, but overall, the card, I mean, it kind of lost a little bit of luster, but there should be you know, some shining moments in this card, particularly with our two title fights. And there are a few other ones that we'll highlight later that I'm really excited for.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. And I I was going to say, I was thinking about this card and just from like a a roster construction uh, standpoint, I'm going to say this is one of the easier slates that I've seen in a while just from the standpoint of there and we'll talk about it. There's a lot of pricing in the 8,000 range here that I really like and so much so that um, you almost don't need to go up in the 9,000 range all that much. At least I don't think so. And so, from that standpoint, I think this is a little unique, and uh, I like it from that vantage point. Um, before- wow, Chris,
2: I, I hate to say that, I think we might be aligned here. I mean, oh, outside no. of Rachmaninov, which is probably a lock cash play, yeah, yeah, you know, there's really not a whole lot that I love up in that nine K range. And also, I, I like, I like a, I, <laughs> God, I like a lot of dogs on this card, or at least yeah. I think a lot of dogs have potential to spread ownership. So. Yeah. I mean this is this is a really interesting card from that respect. But real quick, about the whole Luke A. Gary thing, like I really I kind of liked Luke a. as well. And I just love, like, I don't know if you guys saw the presser. Kobe was absolutely hilarious. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh was. my God. When and, he um... asked, like, hey, has is there anyone here that hasn't asked Gary's wife? And he's like, you can't make you can't make a whore into a housewife. I mean, yeah. he was just setting up a future fight. Like with Ian Gary, I mean, I just I mean, yeah, he's over the top, but you got to look at it as entertainment. I mean, I thought he was hilarious and I think it's, we're at the point now and we'll see who our, our picks are, but we're at the point now where I think that Leon is like renting space in his own head from Colby oh, yeah. Covington right now. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, we'll
1: see about that. I, I tend to, uh, I know, I know Joe is a big narrative guy. I don't tend to buy into it as much, but we'll get to that. Um, and before before I, I was gonna get into the promo here, but I wanna I wanna send this comment your way first, there, uh, Joe. See if you have any any uh, thoughts on this. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Rainmaker thoughts, Joe. Anything anything good for this week?
2: Yeah, I mean, um, I have as as I tend to, I have a lot of cards banked for, you know, for these pay per view fights. So, and I actually pulled a couple of decent cards, uh, you know, in in packs that I won. I don't really buy packs as much anymore. I I tend to win them in, in off uh, UFC DFS contests. So I had 39 packs that I won, I think half in the NFL and half in in NBA. And uh, I pulled some decent cards. And again, it all depends on how you feel about underdogs. Um, You know, I definitely like a lot of underdogs. So I'm going to spread in my, my rainmaker exposure and, you know, I think what we need to do at some point is figure out how we could maybe devote a small segment of of the show to Rainmakers. I don't know. I'm guessing you guys don't play Rainmakers. And I kind of got into it late. And, you know, as I tend to do, got really, like, into it in a big way when I when I latch on to something. So it's very interesting. I'm going to have to wait until the end of the year to actually find out whether I made any money at Rainmakers. But it, it sure is a lot of fun. So... We'll yeah. talk about maybe in the new year devoting some time to Rainmakers.
1: We could definitely do that. I will have to learn how to play first, but I will certainly do that if it is required. Um, so we will move on to the card now. But before we do that, I want to tell you all, if you want to check out uh, premium Rotowire content for free, 10 days, go to www.rotowire.com backslash free. No credit card required. Again, all of our premium content. Baseball's coming up again uh, the projections will be out soon. The downloadable software will be out soon after that. And away we go. And, of course, all the football content and all that other good stuff. Now it is finally time to get to the uh, UFC 296 main card. We will start, uh, as we always do, with the bottom up. I hope you all like my vamping because that is what I am doing. And we start with – um. Martin Boudet at 8,400, taking on Shamil Gazatov at uh, 7,800. Line on this fight. Boudet at minus 123. Gaziov at plus 103. And I kind of hate Martin Boudet fights generally because they're slow. They're sloggy. They're like the type of heavyweight fight you don't want. But this is a little different because Shamil Gaziov is really not that guy. Um. A lot of his fights, most of his fights finish in the first round. He is absent defense. He almost uh, got knocked out by UFC veteran Darko Stosic in his last fight in a different promotion. Um, he's basically a big bull in a china shop there at heavyweight. So this thing is going to finish. And, you know, I, I have to take Budai, I guess. I just, I don't see anything really in Gazioff. He's, he's, a, he's a big guy, so he tries to wrestle. He doesn't do it very well um you know he's got power anybody can drop in this fight it's one you got to have um i think budai is is big enough where he's not gonna get taken down and i think um still see, uh i still see, uh guys you will probably get tired uh, before budai does or if budai does get tired he will be able to fight through it better as that's basically what his fights do turn into, at least they have in the UFC. So I am taking Budai here. Um, again, I don't like the fact that I think you do have to own this fight, but I, I think that it's kind of required based on who the opponent here is. And I am taking Budai, and we will start with uh, Drake. Drake, how you seeing this first fight here?
3: Yeah, I uh, I don't I don't want to put too much stock into this fight because there's a lot of unknowns, and Budai it tends to fight a, more of a defensive Type of style. Um, I actually think that this fight goes to a decision unless somebody gets yeah. really tired or, you know, a massive cardio break, which I mean, it can always happen with these big guys. But overall, I'm not too interested in this uh, as far as DFS goes. If anything, I'd put a bet on Budai because I don't think uh, Gaziev is, uh, he's just not proven. I, you know, I, I need to see him fight on the big stage. Budai has at least proven himself in four fights and you know so we have something to to look forward to in that but overall not a super exciting fight now to start the card off but I'll I'll stick with the favorite
1: yeah I think you have to go to the favorite and uh, interesting um to see if uh does and I think Joe uh, agrees but we'll see in a second as he gave the high side there because I believe the um the finish prop was minus 200 something around there as a As I look, but uh, we'll go to Joe here. Are you also seeing this as as, uh, one to avoid? And who's your overall pick?
2: Yeah, I'm kind of with Drake where I think this actually is going to go to a decision. As it stands now, there's actually line value in Gaziev, which I'm not sure that I understand. Um, The betting lines are minus 120 plus 100 uh, for Gaziev. So plus 100 at 7.8K, I believe, is not bad. Um, with that said, you got two fighters, two, he- two middling heavyweights with a combined record of 24 and one. You would think that this would be a decent fight, but they're just not that good. Um, I'm not sure I understand where the line value is coming from. It's kind of surprising. Um, I will be honest. I haven't thought a whole lot about this fight. This is like a curtain jerker that I don't love all that much because I do think it will it will go to decision. Let me see what the finish prop is real quick. I guess I'll pick Martin Boudet, But if anyone can explain where the where the line value is coming from, I, I truly don't understand it. Um, yeah, fight to go the distance is minus one seventy five, um, plus one thirty. So fight to go the distance is plus one thirty. So it's actually it's actually not. They're not thinking it's going to go the distance. They are they are looking at a decision here. Um, so maybe, maybe if you're looking to bet it, which I honestly haven't thought all too much about, you know, you pick one of these guys and you bet by decision, because I think you could get a decent, or, you know, you could pick fight to be won by split or majority decision, fight to be won by unanimous decision is plus 165 either way, fight to be won by split or unanimous decision is plus 700. So I would not be shocked if this was like a split decision type of type of fight. I don't think either one of these guys has got enough power to put the other guy away. So we'll see, but I, I will reluctantly pick Budai here, but I don't love this fight. I do think it's going to go to decision. I do think it's going to score low and DraftKings. And if I was going to bet it, I would probably look to bet a decision prop. Interesting.
1: I, I personally, I, I hope that you guys are correct because that means I, I will get leverage on uh picking one of these big boys to uh, you know fall, oh, on, top you of other, fall you on top of the other one and uh, get a finish. But, okay, we will go then to the next fight, which is Andre Feely at 8,500, taking on Lucas Almeida at 7,700. Line on this fight, Feely can be had at minus 150. Lucas Almeida, comeback, plus 130. And this one, the, the way I kinda, I'm kind of seeing this fight is like, Two lanky-ish kind of guys. They're gonna they're gonna come together and have some exchanges, but I think the majority of this fight is kind of gonna be the staring in the mirror, kind of one shot at a time kind of thing in between. So I am not really looking at um, this fight uh, to target. Uh, Both of these guys can wrestle, can grapple. It's more opportunistic than uh, part of their game plans, I would say. They both have some power. Uh, We saw how tough Almeida is. We also saw that he's good at on the fly in uh, that Trezano fight. Um, You just hit hit him with the same counter left hook twice and knocked him out, uh, adjusted to it after being knocked down the first time. So I like that about him. I just think uh, Feely's a little bit cleaner. Uh, I think he's a little bit more uh, good with the footwork, a little bit more agile. So I'm going to give a slight edge to Andre Feely here. But as I said, not really looking uh, forward to this in DFS so much. And we will go over to Joe here first. Joe, how do you see this fight?
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, Andre Feely is like the MMA equivalent of a brand muffin. You know, like, you you kind of like it, but you're really eating it for a certain reason. Um, and he's like, in the since 2020, he's like one in four with three cancellations. Like, I honestly don't get the love for Feely here. I mean, I know he's got a teammate on the card in Josh Emmett, which is always nice. But, you know, like, one in four? In, in you know, in the last three years and for a guy who's been in the UFC for 10 years, you know, he's just blah. I mean, I don't really care a great deal for these first two fights, which on quote unquote, the card of the year is really odd. But I, I'm going to pick the dog here. I, I don't expect to have a whole lot of this fight either way, because, again, I could see it going to decision. And I sure as heck don't like the number on Feely, which is where is he at right now? He's like, isn't he like minus? Well, minus one sixty-five. So there's been a little bit of comeback on on Lucas Almeida. I don't know. I I'm gonna pick Almeida here, but it's not a strong pick, and I wouldn't like. I wouldn't say uh, Joe said you know he likes Almeida, so I'm gonna put him in my lineup. No, um, I don't. I don't love this fight. I'm probably not gonna have much of it, but I'll pick Almeida.
1: Yeah, this is kind of the skip for me as well. And and I'm pretty much in your like I'm going the other way, but it, it's just as slight as uh yours is there, Joe for Almeida. Drake, how do you see this one? It's gonna
3: be three of kind of the same spiel because although <laughs> I am on feely, um, just given that feely's had better losses, I mean he lost uh to Yusuf Mitchell, uh Burrito, and Nate Wood in his most recent fight. So I mean he's got the you know. I don't want to say like the talent to be there, but um, I just think he's slightly better than Almeida just about anywhere the fight goes. I mean, it, it's, it's kind of a crap shoot, no matter how you look at it. It's like you already said, this fight is not going to be super exciting. I can't imagine that there's going to be a ton of action, but I am slightly on Feely.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. And I had to highlight that comment because I, I did like it very much. Nan, how you doing, uh, all right, but we will, hopefully we'll get on to some better fights here. And uh, it looks like, will we? Hang on here. Yeah, better fights start now. Better fights start now, indeed. It is uh, Tajir Ulanbekov at 8,300, taking on Cody Durden at 7,900. And this is kind of what I alluded to in the open about um, these 8,000 players being live to put up a lot of points. Like, Tajir Ulanbekov is we know about the grappling. That's what he does. He also has a nice jab. He can throw a nice one too. Um, he scrambles well, as as we saw in the Elliott fight. Uh, very, very, very close split decision in that fight. Fifty five DraftKings points in that loss. So I mean, uh, a very high uh, floor, especially at eighty three hundred. But the ceiling is a hundred points or uh, above. As far as Cody Durden goes, you have a you have a guy who's essentially the same thing. Um, might have a little bit of a strength advantage here, but we saw him get tired in his last fight. He pulled it out, um, but Ulan Bekoff is really gonna tr- is really gonna make him run through the ringer. I mean, it's, it's not Jake Hadley. You know, I, I I see him as as more of a uh, a better striker, uh, a guy who can use his jab a little bit better and a bit of a better scrambler as well. So I'm gonna take Ulan Bekoff here, and this is this is one I really like. This is one I'm gonna target. I mean, you need both sides of this, but I'm gonna be heavier on Ulan Bekoff. Because I, um, I see the 100-point upside just staring us in the face here. So I'm taking Ulan back off. That's going to be my first really big play of the card. We'll start with Joe again. Joe, um, how do you see this as a way to, as we put it, to actually kick off the card as DFS players?
2: Well, this is interesting, you know, because when I first looked at this, I thought, you know, I thought that Cody Durden offered some value. 7.9K um, coming off of a really nice winning streak. I mean, and if, even if you look at some of his scores, right? So seventy at 7.4K, 7. 83.6 is not bad against Hadley. 7,500, 129 points against Johnson. Uh, at 77K, 86 points against Moda. Um, at JP Buys, like how is he only 8,000 against JP Buys? Put up another 112 points. So I, I kind of looked at that and I liked him as a dog. Now I'm I'm swinging back somewhat on the other side because a couple of people who I respect, um, really like Olin bekov Now Olin Bekov is probably the least athletic Dagestani wrestler that I've ever seen. Um, you know, he, he really doesn't score that well. Um, you know, for his salary, last fight he did was his best score at, uh, 8.6K, you put up um, 100 points against Nate Maness, but that's Nate Maness. Um, I don't know, man. I, <laughs> I really want to pick Cody here. I really want to go against, um, you know, these two guys that I respect who really like Olin Beckoff here. So probably what I'll do is I'll have both sides of this fight. Um, I'll probably be equally weighted. Um, and I'm going to stick with my pick of Cody. Um you know Olin Beckhoff has had a bunch of cancellations I think um, looking at, at fights um, I don't know why there's you know why these fights canceled um but he's really had a lot I mean that always is a concern of mine when I see a lot of canceled fights and I don't believe it was it was, it was all him it wasn't the opponent like he pulled out of these fights so I'm going to I'm going to make my official pick Cody but I will say take both sides of this fight
1: yeah, and I can only assume that the guys you really respect are me and Drake, assuming Drake is also picking uh, Nasimento, But let's see, Drake, which way are you going in? What I think is probably going to be a pivotal fight on this court. Um, yeah, no, I'm on
3: Durden. Ulan uh-huh. Bekov is overrated. And the only way that I see Durden losing this fight is if he puts himself into a compromised position because he has been submitted three times. And it's always a chance with guys like this. But I think uh, so if you if you go back and watch that Tim Elliott fight um Taguirre against Southpaws really struggles. He leaves his chin open really bad. And Dur- Durden is not a bad striker. So the way that I see it going is it's going to be a lot of straight jabs right away for Durden. And then he'll eventually put him down and he's just going to keep him down on the ground. Um, and we all know what that does for, you know, DFS. So Durden is actually one of my favorite plays in the card. All
1: right. Uh, so you guys weren't kidding about the dogs. Too. I feel so weird not being the guy on the dogs here. It's like uh, it's like the Bizarro world. But uh, hopefully that will change uh, going forward as we move on. I have to stop doing that. Next fight on the card is Casey O'Neal at 8,700, taking on Ariane Lipsky at 7,500 line on this fight O'Neal can be had for come on fight IO uh, oh did I say the draftking salary yet or did I not say that and uh, in any, any event 8700 for O'Neil uh, 7500 for Lipsky and line on the fight uh, minus 205 for O'Neil plus 175 for Lipsky another another one of these cards where it's uh, a, a, a potential huge score uh, below 9,000 for me, especially somebody like Lipsky who is, you know, could be a, like a vicious striker, um, but she's shown no ability to get off her back once she's put there. And I have no no reason to think that O'Neill will not put her there um, and uh, do her thing, get some ground control time, maybe get that uh, sub in the first. And that would be uh, a lot of points there. So Casey O'Neill. Another one of my big plays on this card. Really like it a lot. I don't see a lot in Lipsky here. Um, I know the knockout's always possible, but I just can't trust her to stay on her feet. Uh, but Drake, how do you see this one with the queen of violence and Casey O'Neal?
3: Um, Lipsky is not going to be in my pool whatsoever. That's I one think, way to put it. So O'Neill! she came back from that bad ACL injury and she uh, had that really, really close fight with Jennifer Maia. And you know that first fight back, she put up like 137 strikes against her, and Lipsky is nothing compared to Maya. I fully so I have O'Neal at one of my top tiers, and she's actually going to be a part of my uh, parlay piece later on. But O'Neal, she and when she when she wins, she scores ridiculously
1: well in 8700. She's my favorite favorite play in the 8K range. Yeah, I think it has to be, doesn't it? It's another one of those plays that makes me kind of nervous because I think. Why, well, you know, why Why is she not a little, a little higher up? But uh, I am going to take it, and uh, with a big smile on my face, too. But, Joe, uh, what about you? How do you see this one?
2: First of all, this is a true Vaseline fight, um, meaning the corners are going to be putting Vaseline wasn't. on each other um, uh, with these two fighters, both very attractive. Um, I think this fight should be a pick em. I like Lipski here. Um, American top team, uh, she has looked awesome in her last two fights. Would it surprise you to know that in her last two fights, O'Neill has gotten zero takedowns and Lipsky's gotten three. Her takedown defense is a lot better. Um, I think she's a better striker. If, if O'Neill comes in and tries to clinch, I think Lipsky's Muay Thai can can serve her well. With that said, if, if Lipsky wins and she doesn't get a finish, I don't think she's going to score well. Um, I'll have some shares of O'Neill for sure. But I honestly think, except for Maya, that Lipsky has fought better competition. Um, if you look at her last two wins as, as a big underdog, um, you know, I, I, again, I like the camp change. I like that she's spending her time at American Top Team. Um, I don't really understand this line all that well. Uh, maybe this is where I make my comeback as the chick whisperer. Um, I'm going to officially pick Lipsky here, but um, you certainly should have both sides of this. And I think this is going to be a true test for, um, for O'Neal. Now, I think O'Neill is training in Vegas now. Generally, I like to see a camp or two with a new fighter. Um, I'm sorry, with a fighter in a new camp. So we'll have to see. But um, in a fight, which I see as basically a pickem, with you know n- not knowing how O'Neill is going to look based on how well Lipsky's looked, her, her her improved takedown defense, the fact that she's actually gotten a few takedowns in her last couple fights. Um, Melissa Gatto is a physically strong fighter. She is much stronger than 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 uh, than O'Neill is. So. I don't think O'Neill is going to be able to impose her will on Lipski. Now, I do hear what Drake's saying that if O'Neill is successful in getting Lipsky down and holding her down, um, she may be at a disadvantage. I just don't necessarily see that happening. So I like Lipsky at an underdog price. I think this might be more of a bet for me than a DraftKings play, but I, I am going to have shares of O'Neill in case she goes back to that fighter who puts up those those big scores, but, um, I'm going to, I'm going to take Lipsky here in the, in the one and only Vaseline fight of the night.
1: So if you're just listening, um, audio only, you have no idea how high my eyebrows got on my forehead. When Joe said he was picking Ariane Lipsky here, I just, I mean, just from the striking aspect, but knockout losses to the lesser Shevchenko sister, Montana De La Rosa. And as you like to call her, Joe Priscilla catch a beating.
2: So I don't. You got to look know. at the last two fights. You, you gotta know, you got to look at the improvements. I agree. Uh,
3: improvements against Aldrich? No, Aldrich yeah, is Aldrich terrible.
2: is not Aldrich bad. Aldrich is terrible. And Melissa Gatto is a beast. So I don't know. I mean, I well, do agree okay. with that one, okay, but she right. also arguably right. lost that fight. So we'll see. We we
1: will see. That will be an interesting one. But for now, we're, we're going to move on to the next fight, and it is. Um, Cody, uh, no love Garbrandt at 9,000, taking on Brian Boom Kelleher. Got both of the nicknames in there at 7,200. Line on this fight: Cody Garbrandt minus 180, Brian Kelleher plus 155. And who could ever trust Cody Garbrandt at a price like that in either respect, whether it's DFS or a betting line? That last fight with Trevin Jones, he basically. Clinched up within the whole fight, and with about two minutes left in the fight, we found out why. Because Trevin Jones touched him once, and he was on skates in the last two minutes, um, trying not to get knocked out. I mean, I think this guy's chin is—I mean, I don't even think it's a chin so much; it's more of it's like a um, like a a will issue where like he's so afraid of it that he just gets hit and he gets blown up. I mean, he also leaves his chin out there and goes crazy all the time. Kelleher. Is not a bad fighter. I don't even know where this line is coming from. He's very agile. He's powerful for the weight class. He has a one punch knockout in there against Hunter Azure, I believe it was. Um, he can wrestle a little bit as well. Uh, and you know, now that we're now that we're up here at bantamweight, they can probably match for speed. Like the, the, that's why I didn't understand um, the, the 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 Cody move here. Um, I, I I just don't get. I just don't get the line. This is almost like, this is like a championship Cody Garbrandt numbers for a very less than champion Cody Garbrandt. So I have to pick Brian Keller here. I don't know how you pick anywhere else. Uh, I don't know how well he'll score either. He does tend to kind of throw a lot. He'll get into these uh, scenarios where he will throw and he will land. So maybe a win gets you like high 80s and that will be enough, like 84 to 86 which of course you would take it 7,200. Um, I don't, I don't, I could be wrong. I don't think Brian Keller has been knocked out. I think it's all submissions, right? When he loses um, under the bell, I'll have to look at that, but I believe he has never been knocked out. Um, it, and I just don't see Cody like doing the Trevin Giles special and just holding him for three rounds and getting, and uh, get, uh, getting a win in that spot. Uh, just FYI, 56 points in that win. Cody Garbrandt and now 9,000. I think this is a travesty of a line and I'm taking uh Brian Keller and we will start with Drake. I don't think there's going to be too much disagreement here, but maybe I will be surprised. Drake, how do you feel? Uh, no love for no love. There you
3: go. Garbrandt is a shell of himself. He reluctantly won that fight and he looked terrible in doing so. So in my, in my mind, he lost three fights in a row. Um, Kelleher, like you, you already said he. I mean, he was on quite a roll before being submitted, and you know, the first round, of those first two fights, you don't got to worry about a submission with Garbrandt. I fully and well. Kelleher is also an, an, another piece of my parlay coming up. Uh, Kelleher is quite possibly one of my or my favorite dog on the card because I just I have no faith in Garbrandt. He still looked completely terrible. He looked hesitant, and Kelleher likes to push a pace. I, I, you know, I think in all of Kelleher's wins, I think he scored over a hundred in the last like five wins. He had one hundred and two, one hundred and twenty-five, one hundred and fifteen. Oh, it was ninety-three and then one hundred and five. So, a win at seventy-two hundred for Kelleher, he's he's gonna smash that tag.
1: Yeah, I agree. Another one where it's like, am I am I being led into a trap here? Because why is this uh, salary so low? But we will see how Joe thinks. Joe, do you have love for love?
2: Yeah. So here's the problem. Like I'm, I'm like hundred percent confident that Kelleher could beat Cody Garbrand at like, at like Scrabble and like in a spelling bee, maybe Um, the problem with, with Kelleher is he's got no four. I mean, he has scored a total of 1.4. Let me repeat that. 1.4 DraftKings points in his last two losses. I mean, you know, and that's the problem. Like, oh, so, so could I see Cody catching him with something? Yeah, sure. The other thing is, I don't know that Kelleher has got any power, so to speak, of you know, of knock of knocking him out. I mean, I think, and let me let me just double check this. I think his big wins are by decision or sub. He's got one knockout. He's got a yeah, knockout sure. of Azor. That was where he. Hunter Azure. Yeah, yeah Hunter Azure. That's where he, he got. He got Molly whopped in the first round in the first round, and then um, came back and, and finished him in the second round. So he's more of a submission slash, you know, decision fighter. So I don't well, look, I don't love Cody at 9,000. I think it's a huge risk. I mean, this is a, to me, this is a pure GPP fight. I wouldn't play any, either one of these guys in cash. There's just too much risk. There's no floor for Kelleher. So you need Kelleher to win. You can't say, okay, well, if he loses, maybe I'll get thirty or forty points. I don't, you know, I just don't see that happening here. Um I'm really conflicted. I mean, I'll go with the, I'll make it, I'll make it a trifecta and pick Kelleher here, but I don't. I mean, I'm really nervous about his floor, and I see this truly as a GPP fight.
1: I, I, I can, I, I understand that, but I mean, the last two fights, I, I'm very confident in saying both of those gentlemen would beat cody garbrandt very badly so well, not just that but cody
3: garbrandt has zero submission wins to his name and he's not a grappler in any yeah. sense of the word so the yeah. only way that he would have any chance is if he puts Kelleher out which i don't think he's going to a Keller has been knocked out one time that was like 10 years ago and i there, i just don't see garbrandt having a shot in this fight
1: well i i see him having that shot but that's it and like you say i do think it's it's uh you know not that good of a shot he does wrestle sometimes but uh he's not very good of a as a control uh wrestler when we see it so yeah i'm going uh i'm i'm going a lot stronger than you joe and i think drake is as well but we will see how that turns out next fight Irene Aldana at 800 taking on carol hosa at 7400 um this is going to be a fight this is this might end up being a GPP. Ah, GPP. I'm sorry. No, this might end up being a cash fight just because of um, you know, these these two are gonna throw a lot of strikes at each other. Um, they both average. I think I Irena Donna averages five and uh, Hosa averages almost five significant strikes landed per minute. So I think this is gonna be uh gonna be a lot of significant strikes in here. And with a win, I think we could see uh, you know upwards of 80 points from somebody that puts me more on Hosa because I feel like, um, the win is, there's more room there. Uh, but like I said, I think cash for both, I think this is going to be sort of a stand at range boxing match. And, uh, we're just going to have to decide who's going to, who's going to land the harder shots. I don't really see a lot of wrestling for me there, although both can, I don't really think we're going to see that here. So, um, we're going to get, you know, a lot of significant strikes and, uh, maybe some control time for good measure. And I'm picking Hosa because I think all things being equal, um, I'd rather have the less expensive fighter here. But we'll start with Joe first. How do you see this one?
2: Yeah, so Eldana is going to look huge. And, and uh, you know, she has a four-inch height advantage. She's got some of the thickest thighs I've seen. <laughs> um, uh, you know, she's probably a more of a natural 145-er. So I think she's gonna have a real strength advantage here. Hose is I believe, only five five. Um, you know, coming off of a split decision win against Jana Santos. Uh, you know, look, uh, I know on our buddies on dog or pass, shout out Cody, Paul, um, you know, they're like dogger pass on this fight, liking Hosa. I-, I think Eldana, honestly, I think Eldana's fought pretty good competition. And Yes, she's seven years older at thirty-five years old, and I don't think there's another title run in her. Um, you know, not at one thirty-five, and you know one forty-five is kind of dead. Um, so, I kind of like Aldana here. I mean, I don't, I don't love this fight. Um, what, what, a, what have Aldana's scores looked like in her fights? Um, especially her price at eight point eight k. Well, she's actually had some good scores. She scored 117 against Santos in a win. She scored 110 points against Vieira in a win. In um, her win against Macy Chieson, which she, you know, got a late KO. It looks like uh, 74. That wasn't a great. And then, obviously, coming off of uh, a fight against the GOAT, she only scored 20 points. I, I think she definitely has the back class edge here. You're going to be surprised at how huge she looks when you see her in the octagon. I really do think she's going to have a pretty big strength advantage, and I also think she is by far the more technical striker. Comes from a boxing background, trains with Alexa Grasso, um, you know, in Mexico, part of that boxing culture. Um, I like Arena Del Danya here. I mean, I, I don't love her at 8.8k, and maybe I'll have a few shares of of Carol Hosa, but. I'm actually pretty confident in Aldana winning this fight. I just, um, I just don't know what it's going to look like for draft games.
1: All right. Joe really having nice analysis on, on those, on the thighs there. Thank you for that. Uh, Joe Drake, uh, we'll go to you next. How do you see this fight? Yeah,
3: I'm on uh, Aldana as well. As, as he said, she is going to be the bigger fighter. <clears throat> um, I mean she struggled in her last fight but like Joe said that was against uh, you know the goat of the you know of all women's MMA and it's it, it's to be expected but uh, you know Hosa a lot of her game is predicated on getting in close and trying to you know basically bash in the in the, the center of the ring and then pull him down and she's not going to be able to do that against Aldana and we've all seen the, the power that Aldana, you know, possesses. She's got a lot of it. If Hosa's walking her, trying to walk her down the entire time, she's just going to get smacked in the face over and over until she's eventually just knocked out. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm also pretty confident in Aldana. If she doesn't, re, you know, record a finish, I don't know how, how, how high of a score she'll, you know, she'll get. Um, you know, a decision probably leads to 80, maybe low 90s, but, uh, yeah, you know, I'm on Aldana and I'm, I'm pretty confident with it.
1: All right. Uh, we will move on to the next fight. It is Dustin Jacoby at 9,100 taking on Alonzo Menafield at, um, was it 70? Yeah. 7,100. The line on this fight, uh, Jacoby at minus two seventy five. Menafield at plus 220. And um, I, I I have a pretty simple um, metric for uh, light heavyweight fights, which is that um, unless there's like an elite in the division, you take the better athlete, the harder hitter. And uh, that's what I'm going to do hitter here. Rather, I'm taking Menafield here. Um, we've seen D- Dustin Jacoby kind of get flustered and lose to bigger punchers before um, or and lose by getting, you know, give it. Uh, getting around the way just by getting hit hard and then having to recover. Um, and I just think menafield is gonna be is gonna be too much here. Like I think Jacoby's gonna try to like work behind his jab. And it's not that he doesn't have any power. He has some knockouts in his own right, but the athleticism advantage is just going to be pretty overwhelming here. Um <laughs> Menafield, dare I say, starting to round out his game. A couple submissions in recent fights. Um, I guess I guess the one over um you know the fraud guy doesn't really count but uh jimmy kroot um th- that that was an interesting one so um you know we'll see how it goes but uh I- i'm going to take menafield here uh for the savings and uh i i think Jacoby is uh is going to get hit with something hard at some point even if he starts out well and that's going to change the course of the fight so um i am taking alonzo menafield and this time we will start with drake what do you think about uh, the light heavyweights here
3: I think you're slightly crazy,
1: all right. Let's
3: go. If, if Menafield threw more, I'd be more than happy to, you know, to ride with him. But he sits and he waits, and Jacoby's very technical. Uh, there's a reason that you know he, he's he's won so many fights. Um, the two fights that he lost, he arguably he beat Roundtree, I, that was a horrible split decision call, and then he lost to Murzakinov in another close fight. Both of those guys throw a lot more volume than Menafield. Menafield also has cardio problems. Um, and that's not something you want to run into with Jacoby, uh, not to mention that Jacoby, I think has quite a bit of a reach advantage over Metafield. So, I mean, Metafield's going to be struggling just to hit him. I, I, you know, if Jacoby doesn't, uh, you know, finish him somewhere in the first, second round, I don't know if he scores well enough to pay off 9,100. It's not my favorite play in the 9k range. I probably won't have much of him at all, but I do have Jacoby winning.
1: Yeah, well, that is another another point. Uh, another one of the nine thousands I don't like. But um, as I said, uh, you know, I I think I, obviously it's a GPP play, but uh, you know, I, at light heavyweight, uh, being being an athlete wins. I understand what you're saying about the volume, but uh, I, I, I'm I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna roll the dice. And I f- assume Joe is also on Jacoby, but maybe he will surprise me. Joe, what do you think?
2: Yeah, I'm going to to surprise you. Um, I actually think uh, Lonzo is live here. I mean, uh, you know, Jacoby does have a three-inch height advantage, but the reach is identical. Um, I think that, like, he could dirty box him and, dare I say, even use some grappling. Um, You mentioned a couple of sub wins. Um, Look, I've never been a Jacoby guy. Um, I respect him as a kickboxer, and I do agree with Drake that he won the fight against... Roundtree, he certainly landed the harder shots um, in that fight, uh, and I, that that actually doesn't look as like such a bad loss after what Ranch Roundtree did, you know, last week. I say loss, quote unquote loss, because I think you know we both think he probably won that fight. You know, I, look, I don't like the age, I don't like the cardio, but I love seven point one k. I mean, I love the lineups that seven point one k opens up. I hate nine. What is he nine? <laughs>
1: Nine
2: nine, one. Nine one. Wow. I'm not sure how much of that I'm going to have. I'll have a few shares. Um, um, You know, mini rant time, Chris. Sorry. Um, I'm really disappointed in how DraftKings sized the main contest. Like I I, I, I get that there's a three, uh, you know, a three game NFL slate for Saturday. But like when was the last time we've seen a pay-per-view where the main wasn't 200,000? You know, so we've got a hundred. So what people are going to see is they're going to see a main with a hundred thousand up top, with an increase in price from eighteen to twenty five. I don't love it. I don't know how many lineups I'm going to play. I'm probably not going to play more than twenty um, in that contest. I, I may not. They also downsized the three dollar contest. The only thing they did right on this slate was they kept the five five five. They upsized that to fifty thousand, which is good because I have a, a bunch of tickets to play that contest, so um, that worked out. But um, I'll probably have 20 lineups. I don't know how many Jacobis I'm going to get to. I'm probably going to be under market. I haven't looked at ownership yet, but I definitely like taking a shot at Lonzo and and seeing what I can build around uh, 7.1 and another fighter that I really like at 6.8. So, you know, building around 7.1 and 6.8, I could pretty much do anything I want. So give me a let me take a shot on Lonzo here.
1: Yeah, I agree with you on both counts, but you better be careful. They won't send you any more birthday cakes, Joe.
2: <laughs> yeah. I haven't even tried it yet. Uh <laughs> my, my my birthday is just a quick segue. My birthday was on Wednesday and I've gotten screwed pretty much since my daughter was born because my daughter was born on the 15th. And ever since, uh, you know, having her born two days after me, I knew I was going to get the shaft. So like, mm. uh, my birthday was, um, you know, arriving home from work, finding the Draft King's cake and like warming up some like Turkey meatloaf. That's how I spent my birthday. My go. daughter, on the other hand, turned 21, uh, you know, yesterday, uh, actually today, technically she turned 21 today. And, um, you know, she's coming home from school and we're going to do something, but, um. Yeah, so yeah, that birthday cake. I'm going to have to let you guys know how it is.
1: All right. Well, um, definitely happy birthday, Joe's daughter. Happy belated birthday to Joe. And uh, I just want to say here that before we continue and with the main card, we are going to take a quick break for our audio-only podcast listeners. We will be right back. And we're back. Uh, I hope you all uh, enjoyed your little break here because it is time for some very interesting fights on this main card. The first one to speak of is uh, Bryce Mitchell at 8,900, taking on Josh Emmett at 7,300. The line on this fight, Bryce Mitchell can be had at minus 240, Josh Emmett at plus 205. And, um, I understand how binary this fight is. Either, either Mitchell is going to take him down and control him, um, or Josh Emmett is going to knock out uh, the plotting Bryce Mitchell. I'm going with option B, and the reason I am is because um, I, I think uh, we haven't really seen Josh Emmett lose to anybody who can't either match him for speed or power, and Bryce Mitchell can't do either of those things. I think the footwork is going to do well to keep him out of some of those clinch situations. And, you know, Bryce Mitchell can get tagged up because he is a plotter. As I said, Um, we've never seen Josh Emmett subbed. I don't believe he ever has been perhaps once um, if I remember correctly, but uh, I I just don't think Bryce Mitchell is going to be able to find him here. I don't think he's going to be able to corner him. And uh, we cannot forget uh, he's been, you know, kind of on, on, on the downswing lately, but, Uh, Josh Emmett remains one of the hardest hitters, if not the hardest hitter in the division. So uh, did I say Bryce Mitchell? I meant Josh Emmett uh, remains that. It's certainly not Bryce Mitchell. So I am taking um, Emmett here. I like him for the knockout. uh, Maybe fairly quickly. Um, And if not, you know, he's he's either going to score, you know, a lot or a little. So definitely a binary fight. uh, Definitely a GPP fight. If you're going Emmett, but I am, and uh, I'll take the slings and arrows if it comes with that. We'll kick it off with Drake here. How do you see this one?
3: Yeah, people like to talk about how much power Emmett has, and you know he's only got six knockouts and 18 wins. So I just want you know to preface
1: yeah. that. <laughs> how <laughs> and, how uh, many? How many? No- how many knockdowns though? How many knockdowns? Well, it Quite
3: depends. Three. He had four in one fight, so excuse it excuse
1: it. I know, but then at, but then he <laughs> had. I think the streak was f- four or five fights in a row with at least one. <laughs> But, uh, all right. You know, a d-
3: knockdown doesn't mean a whole lot if it doesn't net you a knockout. Well, uh, anyways, you know, Bryce Mitchell, he, he lost that fight to Tapuria, and, and that's, that's a really good loss. Tapuria is about to have the belt and everybody can argue with that, that with me and, uh, you know, the Volkanovski card. But, uh, so that's a really good loss and he fought Tapuria really well in that fight. And then he came out, fought Ige. And, you know, he looked good in that fight. He definitely ate some shots, but he controlled the whole fight, and he, and he won. I fully expect him to do the same thing here. Emmett is a, a primary wrestler. If you go back and look at his career, he's, he, he's a wrestler. He's not a striker. Um, he might have that power, but a lot of them are from hooks, and Mitchell is going to capitalize on those. You have to be quicker to get past Mitchell. So, I, you know, I, I think Mitchell gets it down to the down quickly, and I think he submits him in the first or second.
1: All right. Uh, and j- just to just to clarify that, because I did have to go and look, it was seven fights in a row beginning with that four uh, knockdown fight with at least one knockdown. I certainly think that counts for something, but we will see. Uh, Joe, how are you seeing this one?
2: Yeah, um, I-, I don't generally like to, you know, bet fighters that take life changing beatings in their last fight. And, uh, you know, Emmett did. He's, you know, I think a few days away from turning thirty nine. Um, Mm -hmm. I also believe, and, you know, you guys could check me on this, but when Mitchell fought Tapori, I believe he had a stomach virus um, going into that fight. Yes, he did. So, yeah, I mean, it's kind of hard to fight when you have a stomach virus. Um, I like Thug Nasty here. I I, I like him quite a bit. Yeah, I, I don't think the short notice matters as much for him. I mean, the guy has a weird training regime. He, like, trains at night. He farms during the day. Um, you know, like that's just how he operates. Like when he's not shooting one of his testicles off, um, you know, that's kind of how he works. So I, I like Doug nasty here. Um, I think he's going to get the win. I do agree that this is a GPP fight. Um, I can certainly see having a share or two of Emmett, um, if you're really going to spread, but, um, I'm, I'm, on, I'm on Mitchell here. I, I like him quite a bit.
1: One thing that I will definitely concede is <laughs> Josh is very old for a bantamweight. I I will concede that. Um, All right, so next fight, but I I still do think he gets it done. Anyway, uh, next fight up is. Is uh, Patty Pimblett at 9,400 taking on T. Ferg, Tony Ferguson at 6,800? Line on this fight is Patty Pimblett at. my well i I'll, I'll go with i'll go with one of the more uh, reasonable ones i guess minus 300 but the spread is um to minus 340 But we're going minus 300 uh for Patty Pimplett and plus 250 for Tony Ferguson and uh joe i uh this was the one i assume you were alluding to earlier when you said you like the 6800 fighter um and this was another one of those that i said was referring to when i said uh i'm not really going to pay for the 9000s what i do think is going to happen here is Look, we, we all want to see Tony Ferguson win. Uh, nobody likes Patty Pimblett, but um, <laughs> the uh, okay, well, wow, uh, you're gonna have you're gonna have to make your case um, after after uh, we we uh, convene here. But I, what's gonna happen here is the, uh, Patty's very big for the weight class, and he knows how to grapple, and so I don't see Tony Ferguson uh, competing with that at this point. I think he's gonna get stuck on the ground, and uh, he's gonna try to like. Throw up triangles and do his little rubber guard thing. I don't think it's gonna work, uh, but I also don't think um, it's going to be like a GPP score. I know that Tony Ferguson rocked Michael Chandler in that fight. I know that Patty Pimble gets hit a lot. Those are uh, you know considerations, but at the end of the day, I don't see Tony Ferguson sustaining that kind of thing. We also know he's very tough. You know, he took a he took he took uh, a beating in that fight against Josh Gordon. And uh, one, but um, I have to I have to pick Patty Pimblett here. I think it's more of a cash play with, as I say, Tony getting stuck on his back and the control time and uh, whatever else. So that is my official pick. But we will start with um, Patty Pimbley's number one fan over there, which is Drake. Uh, Drake, how do you see this one? I
3: love Patty the Batty. I liked him where, you know, prior to the UFC, like him in the UFC. And at this point in Tony Ferguson's career, it's really hard to just to, to go with him. He's lost six fights in a row. He has, he's certainly lost his step. He's getting old and, you know, striking I think is where he's going to have the best chance to win in this fight. Um, the only problem is going to be is I don't think it's going to be striking very much. Um, I know a lot of people are going to be on Patty and rightly so. Um, I, you know i got I got Patty. I would love to see Ferguson win again. I just don't think we're gonna see it,
1: yeah, uh, unfortunately, I don't think a ton more analysis is warranted. But maybe Joe has some kind of revolutionary take that we haven't heard before. Um there is only one way to find out Joe, how you see this? Yeah,
2: I do um one, I've never thought much of Pimlet. I thought he was I think he's majorly overrated. Um, I thought he clearly lost that fight against Gordon. It wasn't even close. I don't know. I I I am not a conspiracy theorist. I like narrative, but I'm not a conspiracy theorist. But like if I was ever to think a fight might have been fixed, like that was that that was the fight. Because I, I really don't see how Pimlet got that win. Um he's taken a year off. Um look, I think Ferguson has got a fight in him where he could knock Pimlet out here. Um I think he he rocked Michael Chandler before he got nuked with a head kick. Um, I, he is at least, at least had moments of being competitive in some of his fights. I agree. He is not the Tony Ferguson of all. Now here's where the narrative comes in. Um, Tony Ferguson has always been a guy that trains himself. He's never been like part of a camp. Um, he brought in a mental coach, um, you know, to kind of get his head straight, like to work with him. So I'm not going to say that that's going to make all the difference in the world here. I am going to say, Um, Against a fighter who I believe is clearly overrated, um, who I believe lost his last fight. I've got Tony Ferguson coming off, uh, yeah, yes, losses, Um, but a murderous row of losses at 6.8K. Sign me the F up. I mean, I'm going to take some stabs here. I'm going to play Tony Ferguson by knockout. Um, It could be a pork chop that, like, I've a big pork chop for me. Um, but I don't like Pimlet much at all. I will have some shares in case Tony is so far gone. He loses to someone like a Patty Pimlet at that point. Like the UFC should either make him retire. Um, or he should like maybe find his way to PFL Bellator. Um, but I, I like Tony Ferguson here. I'm picking him the win outright and I'm picking him the win by knockout.
1: I think you can pick him to win by knockout.
2: The problem is he's never been a
1: one punch knockout guy. It's always been a and uh I just don't think he has that in him anymore especially when a big guy is going to be trying to grapple him um the entire time but we will see how that turns out next fight Shavkat Rachmanov 9700 uh Steven Wonderboy Thompson at sick was that right uh yeah 60 I had to do a I had to do a double take I'm sorry about that uh Steven Wonderboy Thompson at 6500 line on this fight, Rachmanoff 600, uh, Stephen Thompson plus 450. And, you know, it's it, it kind of, you know, kind of got kind of, to the look when you see the line that big, but I mean, I don't really disagree with the spirit of it. I think Shavkat is just going to take him down. We haven't seen um, Thompson put up any resistance to wrestlers at all to the point where guys who don't even want to wrestle and Kevin Holland were taking him down twice. So, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of really hard unless Shavka gets into a a thing where he shows up and says, you know what? I want to, I want to show that I can outstrike Steven Thompson. Then you might have something. Otherwise, um, I don't think there's a lot in Thompson here. 9,700 is a lot. Even though, I mean, you look at Shavka and we think of him and rightly so as, you know, this, you know, beast, but for DraftKings, not really the case Uh, most of his fights, you know, struggle to get over that 100 mark. I think he's got one or two fights over it. The rest are 97, and I think he's got a couple hundreds in there. So at 9700 on a 13 fight card, I don't really see a lot of utility for him here. Um, he, he's probably going to draw some ownership, I would imagine, just from being the name and having that path to victory. Um, but I'm kind I'm of kind of going to want to stay away. Same token, I'm not going to have a, a lot of Thompson at all. He could be 6,500. He could be 4,300. I just don't like it. Um, We saw that um, in the fight with uh, Jeff Neal that he can eat shots and uh, he can come back. And I just don't think Thompson's going to have too much for him, even if this does stay at range. He'll win those segments, but he won't do enough to win the fight. So my pick is Shavkot here. And uh, Joe, we'll start with you first. How do you see this one?
2: Yeah, so... (laughs) I think the one thing that Stephen Thompson is is thanking the Lord for is the fact this is not at the Apex. So at least he has some ability to run with the bigger cage. Um, Shavkov is going to look huge. I honestly think, and again, here, here we go with my narrative, that the UFC is actually penalizing Stephen Thompson for not taking that last fight. And, you know, when, when honestly, I honestly don't know why he didn't. He should have. He, he was going to get... Part of the other guy's purse, like, I don't know why he didn't take that fight. I mean, this is a lot more difficult fight <laughs> than than the fight that he should have taken. So the UFC is saying, hey, you want to get paid? This is who you got to fight. So I, I don't see any way here Thompson can win. Um, 9.7K is a lot. However, there is enough value on this card where you could build lineups around, um, you know, shock. Um now, whether he is going to pay his salary at 9.7K, that's another that's another discussion to have. I think he can, um, especially if he gets multiple takedowns and gets some control time and ultimately a finish. Um, I think he's a lock in cash. And again, I, I do think there's enough value where you can build pretty decent cash lineups around shock. Um, I think he's going to be highly owned even at 9.7K because of the perception of value. And the fact that you said it, Chris, we don't like a lot of guys in the 9K range. Um, So you could build value around him, even though he's at 9.7K. So give me shock. I don't really think I'm going to have all that much Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. Um, And I think Thompson is now regretting the fact that his camp convinced him to not take the last fight, which he probably would have won and take it at at getting the other guys, you know, percentage of the other guys purse.
1: Yeah, I, I, it would be tough to to give to give me Stephen Thompson uh, in this fight. I just don't see a whole lot for him. Okay, it is co-main event time. Uh, Brand, uh, I'm sorry, nope. Uh, Alejandro Pantoja at 8600 taking on Brandon Royval at 7600 line on this fight. Pantoja can be had at minus 195. Brandon Royval plus 160. First thing to note is this is a fight that Pantoja has already won uh, one by submission. And, uh, now it's, now it's different. Now it's for the title. Now it's for five rounds. And look, Pantoja really showed me something. And I think a lot of other people too, I picked Moreno. And half of the reason was because I thought he was going to, Moreno was going to drag Pantoja into a war and gas him out. And at times it looked like that's what was happening. And it didn't happen. Pantoja held his gas tank and did well and came out in one of the best fights of the year and got it done. And, um, Roy Vell is a guy I've never really liked anyway, even though he has a couple de- uh, decent wins. I just don't like that that chaotic mess of a fight that he brings. Um, like sometimes he'll come out of it on top. I think against really skilled fighters, he almost never will. Uh, just because they know how to slow fights down. They know how to keep fights at their range. And for Pantoja's sake, I just think he could probably outscramble Roy Vell. I think he's probably a better jujitsu player. So I don't see a lot uh, in Val here other than kind of just trying to push a pace and hoping that um, the old Pantoja comes back, and maybe that's what happens. Otherwise, I think this is such a great spot for Pantoja. And we have under 9,000 again in, in a five-round fight, and we'll be talking about it again in the next card. Uh, so our cup run over of these big plays in the 8,000 range. I think this is another one of them. I'm really big on Pantoja here. We'll start with Drake in the co-main event. How do you see it? Well, because I didn't get to say my piece on Rachmanov. Oh, did you not? I'm sorry, my friend. I think – there's,
3: uh, there, there's not much to say. Wonder Boy is going to get his ass kicked. Okay. Go ahead. On to this one, I think it's kind of similar. Uh, I'm all over Pantoja. I was on Pantoja to beat Moreno again, and I'm on Pantoja to defend this belt. I There is nothing Roy Valve can do except for maybe – uh, you know, grab one of those famous, uh, guillotines he's got. Um, other than that, Pantoja should just completely wipe the floor with him.
1: Yeah, no, I, uh, I, I agree. And, um, you know, this is such a conspicuous card because, um, kind of feel like I'm being punked with all these prices and where they are and how I feel about them, but we will see how it turns out. And here we go in the main event. It is, uh, Leon, Chris, Martin. Chris, Chris. I didn't give my. Oh. Pick. Wow, Damn you it. are dropping the ball, Joe. Okay. Go ahead, my friend. Yeah, please. so I,
2: I like Pantoja here a lot. I, I do think, though, that Rival can have some competitive moments. Um, oddly enough, unless you think, um, Leon Edwards is going to win, which I don't, um, I think this is the better fight to stack if you're thinking of stacking in cash. I think there's definitely, um, I think Moreno has a better floor. Um, if Pantoja wins, then Edwards would if Colby wins, if that makes sense to anybody. Um, so I do think that if you're looking to stack a fight, and I don't necessarily believe you have to um, on this card because there's enough value where you won't have to stack. But I think Panto, I think Roy Val has a pretty decent floor. Um, you know, so, and there are some people, believe it or not, that are picking him to win. Um, I was also on Pantoja against Brendan Moreno. I know it was a close fight um you know the body language I give Pantoja credit I really thought he was done um you know on the stool <laughs> and he came back and he, he really fought so um I I like Pantoja here Pantoja is gonna be coming into this fight with the confidence that he beat this guy before so uh, I like Pantoja I believe Pantoja by sub is plus 150 which I may take a little stab at or may look to to parlay maybe Pantoja by sub, Colby by decision, Ferguson by knockout. There's some really good parlays out there. So anyway, give me Pantoja. All
1: right. And that is the Fight IQ pot. Just kidding. It is time for the main event. I got every Got everybody. That's how you win back the crowd, uh, ladies and gentlemen. It is Leon Edwards at 8,200. Taking on Colby. uh, Chaos Covington at 8,000. The line on this fight is, where are you, main event? It is Leon Edwards at minus 160, Colby Covington plus 140. And me and Drake got into some uh, good-natured ribbing about this uh, main event earlier in the week. I am picking uh, Leon Edwards uh, pretty squarely, and I will go into my reasonings here. Uh, Number one, it's the first thing you have to lead with is a two-year layoff for a guy who relies on his cardio. Now, we've seen Colby Covington sort of get tired in rounds before, take rounds off. I don't know how he's going to look two years away. He's got to go five rounds. Uh, When's the last time he was pushed like that? It's it's hard to say. And Leon Edwards is just, we know he's going to be the better striker. And if Colby Covington can't get this fight to the floor or if he slows down in the third, fourth, fifth, um, I just think he's going to get his lunch eaten. Second point uh, to make here is, Colby Covington gets hit hard a lot. Uh, two knockdowns in that second Usman fight, two knockdowns in the first Usman fight. Come to think of it, as well, a knockdown against uh, 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 Jorge Masvidal. You know, you, you want to go, you want to go all the way back. You know, lost the first round striking to Damian Maya. I mean, the guy just isn't very good on the feet. Isn't very good. When it comes to being in space and uh, Leon Edwards, one of the more technical strikers in the division, not a bad defensive wrestler by any stretch of the imagination. And um, it's it's hard, it's just hard for me to, to imagine that Colby Covington is going to walk into a five-round fight against one of the best fighters in the division after two years off with when cardio is the best weapon and get this done. If he does it, I will be very impressed. Uh, I know that he is... Uh, searching for my approval so he will be glad to hear that but um I, I i just can't see it i think leon edwards is is such a clear play here i think colby's going to get a lot of action based on the price and the wrestling upside which is still there i just think it's diminished so you obviously have to have shares of colby but um my pick is got to be got to be uh leon rocky edwards and to make sure that uh drake gets his uh, time here. We are going to go to him first in the main event. It is. We'll get to you, Joe. Don't worry about it. Uh, Drake, no, it's,
2: just you, it's just Drake. Drake did the co-main. You forgot oh, yeah. about me, and now you're going back to Drake for the main. That's fine, Chris. We Drake. Right. When we need to talk about producers for the show. I mean, hey, you
1: know. Hey, you know what? I uh, I can I can actually put people on timeout now. That's a new feature that they have. So you guys better watch better watch your steps here. But uh, Drake. How do you see the main event? Well, like you said, you already know that I'm on Colby Covington. And, uh,
3: you know, cardio is the least of my concerns when it comes to any Covington fight. It's not like he's been two years out of the ring doing nothing. He still, you know, he still trains. He still coaches. He still does all that. Aside from his persona, which is entertaining as hell, um, a lot of people are going to be on him regardless because he is stylistically a horrible matchup for Edwards. Um, the, the wrestling it's one takedown around and Edwards is going to have a hard time getting up every time. Uh, so unless he plans on knocking Covington out, which is not
1: easy, I, I, I don't see how Edwards win this, wins this fight. I agree that, uh, takedowns will be there, but I, I would say that, I mean, Colby's not much of a control grappler. Everybody kind of gets up and then the takedowns and the repeats, so that's part of what I think will gas him as well. But, Joe, I certainly didn't forget you, sir. Saving the best for last. How do you see the main event?
2: Well, I think Colby's going to put a morab like performance on against Leon. He's going to use cardio as a weapon. Cardio has never been an issue for Colby. Um, again, he is um, the owner of Leon Edwards' head. You know, Leon is just, you know, occupying it on his body right now. I think that's going to help. Um, I do think that this is a horrible stylistic matchup for Leon Edwards. I think he, uh, Colby is a better version of, of Usman right now because of the damage to Usman's knees. I mean, you know, the idea that Colby took time off, I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing. Um, you know, I, I, he, he's healthy as far as we all know. Um, and to Drake's point, he has been training. It's not like he just like took the time off and did nothing. Um, yes, the clown persona, it's kind of funny. I like it. Um, like, using that and, and you know, getting into a guy's head to the extent that he throws a water bottle at you, um, you know, means that you've actually reached him. Um, so I like Colby here quite a bit. Um, obviously, the price is attractive. I'm not saying you should not have shares Edwards. Edwards is a good fighter. I like Edwards. But, I, you know, I've seen him. I saw Edwards get get plunked and and almost dropped in the last round against Diaz um so I I can certainly see I don't think he's got that big of a striking advantage over Colby Covington where Covington has got an exponential grappling and wrestling advantage against Edwards so that's the way I see this fight playing out I like Covington a lot I'm going to be betting him I'm going to be using him liberally in uh DraftKings so uh that's it give me uh and new.
1: That may be the first time uh, Colby, in a form of the word liberal, has been used in the same sentence. But, <laughs> but yeah, um, that is uh, the main event. And that is the card. We are going to get to um, the picks. But before we do that, saw an interesting little comment here. thought you guys might want to take a crack at it. It says from uh, the Vagman here. Oh, sorry. Um, that's the wrong one. It, that looked like have, the right one to me. That looked like the right one to me too. No, 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 no. But I want to do this one first. Um, so there's a question here. It's on GPP. How old do we think Thug Nasty will be? Give oh, me a
2: minute. That we're about to think about that. Give me a minute on that. Okay. You, you got. You guys continue to talk. Uh, I'm gonna. Yeah, if I were
3: to guess, his ownership in GPP contest is probably going to be north of 35. I'm
2: yeah, gonna look up, I'm about, gonna look up some good. ownership.
1: That sounds about right. I might go a little. I might go a little lower, like twenty nine to thirty. But I do think. I do think he's definitely going to be highly owned. Um, and you know, I, I can see it. You know, he he definitely does have the grappling upside. He's tough. He took a beating from Taporia before uh, he finally did get finished. But you know, there's just something about something about these plotters against these athletic guys. I, I, I what did you guys say for them.
2: ownership? Sorry, I wasn't. I wasn't. I was looking up ownership from one of my other sources. What did you guys say? I said uh I said about 29 to 30 and I think Drake what did you so have? Just
3: it? just north of 35%. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean what I'm seeing is about 33%, so I think we're all kind of in the same ballpark cuz there's always some variance in ownership. So yeah. I think that's about right. Right. Yeah, no, just
1: uh we're in the uh we're definitely in the uh the Goldilocks zone, I think. And now we will get to what we uh, segment on the show that we call hot takes. We uh, have some takes that are either, you know, highly lined bets or, or parlays that can pay off that are juiced up. We give them to you as things that are more likely than maybe the line would suggest to happen to see um, if you can get paid off with our help. And for me, it has to be um, just because the main ev- event event, evoked such a a strong reaction, and it is a pretty fat line in its own right. It is uh, Leon Edwards by knockout at plus 325 will be my hot take. And uh, who has one uh, queued up? Joe, you got one ready to go? Yeah, so look,
2: this this is high risk here, and I would not be betting the mortgage on this, but high risk means high rewards. This parlay is going to pay north of 14 to 1. It's a two-fighter parlay. It's Pantoja to win by sub. Which has been bet down to plus one twenty. It was plus one fifty when I saw it earlier in the week. Tony Ferguson by KO, which is plus six hundred. So the plus six hundred and the plus one twenty comes out to plus fourteen forty. Um, Ten bucks will get you, you know, your hundred and fifty bucks back. Um, so that's a nice little parlay to play. Again, it is very high risk. Um, you know, there are a lot of juicy wagering opportunities. Um, You know, you guys should follow Technical Tim on Twitter. Um, You know, there's definitely some some, you know, a lot of bets out there um, that I like on this fight. And I may actually spend more money or more of my money on wagers than I do on DraftKings just because I really do see some juicy spots here. And I see, you know, some parlays and, you know, definitely got follow Cody Saftik's PRP. He hit one. Earlier this year, actually not earlier this year, a couple of months ago, um, I had 25 bucks on it. It paid $8,000. So um, something to definitely follow. This is the last card of the year. Um, We'll be back for the next pay-per-view. Is the next pay-per-view in January? Uh, It should be. I think so, yeah. We'll be back for the next pay-per-view in January. Um, You know, DraftKings, by the way, I believe DraftKings is a, a statistics provider to, or RotoWire is a statistics provider to DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook does have a um, a reward out a boost for this card um, up to hundred dollars. You could get a hundred percent profit boost for UFC ninety six. So if there's a a more chalky parlay that you like, um, you know that boost uh, that's going to jack up those odds up to hundred um, percent. And it's not like a ten dollar wager or twenty dollar wager. They do it for. Um, up to 100 bucks max bet, so you can get a hundred percent profit boost up to 100 up to 100, um, up for a hundred dollar bet from DraftKings Sportsbook. So that's definitely something, uh, you should take advantage of if you're going to bet any parlays on this card. It's only for parlays,
1: absolutely good. No, Joe, thank you very much. Uh, Drake, how about a hot take, uh, from you? So I got a uh,
3: three pick parlay, and the odds are about 17 to 1. It has Brian Kelleher, Casey O'Neill, and Shavkat Rachmanov all to win inside the distance.
1: See, okay. that that's what I like. And and I think we were talking about the, the reasonable prices of these uh, in, in both betting and uh, DFS of these sort of more powerful people who can really win or have really strong advantages here. So I like that a lot, which is you take one of the dogs that you like and you take the two, uh, the mid-range there that uh, – we both think, I think, are going to uh, do really well. So uh, I, I like that uh, very much, actually. And uh, in chat, if you have hot takes for us, we will answer them now. Just go ahead and pop those in the chat. Something that you see uh, above the odds that uh, you think has a real good chance to finish.
2: Uh, and while you guys are doing that, I mean, this is obviously our last podcast of the year. I want to thank everybody. What about Patty by sub Bryce by sub and O'Neill by finish? I don't hate it. I don't think O'Neill is going to finish Lipsky, but I don't hate it. Um, I don't hate
1: it either. I, I mean, if Patty
2: that. does finish Tony, I don't think he's going to knock him out. So Patty by sub is fine. Thank you, Nan. Um, yeah. So I want to thank everybody, you know, on behalf of RotoWire wire for, for watching this year, um, you know, there are a lot, a lot of podcasts out there now. I mean, I remember when I first started doing this, I could count the the pods on one hand and I could like set my my calendar by them and now there's just so much content. There's somewhat less DraftKings content, you know, and you know, again, we when we started this, we were doing every week and it just got too much. Um, so we kind of cut it back to just do pay just do pay per views, but um you know we're gonna kind of run strong into 2024 want to wish everybody a happy holiday i know that people get a little angsty for action ufc action during hiatuses but i actually kind of look forward to it um, yes sir. you know get on with life and do other things like so i'm looking forward to the month off and uh, we will see everybody uh, back in january
1: yeah. I, I used to get angsty and then I, and then I started doing this for part of my job and, uh, yeah. don't, don't get angsty that much anymore, but, uh, uh, thank you guys so much. I, I, uh, reiterate everything Joe said. I thank you guys so much for watching. We went through a few changes. We have a new lineup now. We couldn't be happier. And Drake, thank you so much again for coming out with us. We look forward to all the shows in the new year and beyond. And, uh, don't forget to follow everybody at Sunzu for Joe at the Birds for Drake on Twitter. I am at the onlyest one, folks. Good luck with everything tomorrow, and uh, good luck in your contest. You can hit us up on Twitter if you have any specific questions. Otherwise, as Joe said, have happy holidays, and we will see you for the
2: next pay per view. Hang out for a minute, Drake. If you-
0: without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop.